0: This is Religion Today with Martin Tanner, a weekly look at religion and spirituality here at home and around the world. Now, here's your host, Martin Tanner. Welcome. This is Religion Today. I'm your host, Martin Tanner. Well, it's happened again. There's another book that is out, which I've decided not to name, that takes the position... That Joseph Smith borrowed all kinds of information, rites, hand clasps, tokens, signs, penalties from the Masonic rituals for use in the LDS temple ceremonies. The problem with this theory is multifaceted. First of all, the timing doesn't work. The LDS endowment dates back to 1831 when Joseph Smith... Was still in Kirtland, Ohio. LDS Church leaders, including Joseph Smith, didn't join the Masons until about 1840, at the earliest, in Nauvoo. But that, in some ways, kind of begs the question because people will still say, "Well, wait a minute. Uh, there are still signs, tokens, penalties, hand clasps, in in." the Masons, and there are in the LDS temple. Now, if I said there were those kinds of things in the Bible, that would be okay with people. But somehow, if we find those things in another organization, that sounds like trouble. I don't quite understand that logic. But let me give you some examples of biblical connections. There are references to things very much like our current temple ordinances, I guess, very much like, depends on your point of view. But take a look at Exodus chapter 28, starting in verse 2, going all the way through to verse 43. It talks about the temple and the words holiness to the Lord, which are found on Latter day Saint temples is referenced in Exodus chapter 28, verse 36. Although there is no question that LDS temple ceremonies are not the same as the rituals in the Solomon temple of old, there are perhaps as many similarities as there are between the LDS temple ceremonies and Masonic rites. If you only compare two things and you find some similarities, that does not mean that one is the cause of the other and that's the problem with focusing only on masonic efforts and rituals and latter day saint rituals you have to look a little bit broader to understand the context which means everything more on that in a bit let's take a look first of all the at the term endowment, which is at the heart of the Latter-day Saint temple rituals. Joseph Smith used the term endowment to describe the central Latter-day Saint temple ritual as an analogy to Luke chapter 24, verse 49, which says this, quote, and behold, I send the promise of my father. Upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endowed with power from on high. Close quote. So this idea of an endowment of power from on high is something that Jesus talks about in the New Testament that Joseph Smith incorporated by Revelation into the Latter day Saint Temple rituals. And it's also something that we find in other sources that Joseph Smith would not have found available to him. They just weren't there. One of the most amazing of those is the secret gospel of Mark found in 1960. It couldn't have possibly been available to Joseph Smith, yet its contents have Jesus initiating a man named Lazarus. Lazarus. We we often assume but don't know for sure that it's the same Lazarus who's mentioned as being raised from the dead. But whether it is or not, this is a relatively new discovery, and Jesus, in the secret gospel of Mark, provides Lazarus with information about the eternities by giving him a ritual that is similar to the one that we find in the LDS temples. Also, we know that in 1833 in Kirtland, Ohio, during the School of the Prophets, that the apostles held in the upper floor of the Newell K. Whitney store endowments, endowment rituals. And so they were around very, very early. So that still begs the question, well, if we find them in Latter-day Saint days before Nauvoo, If we find them in the Bible, if we find similar kinds of things in Masonry, then what explains the fact that they're in both Masonic ritual and Latter-day Saint belief? Here is the way, I believe, to view it, because we live in a time and in a society where we are free and in free societies, the need for special secret or more or less sacred or secret societies is not particularly as strong as it is in other societies. Let me give you some examples, but, but we still find them. We still find them. So let's take a look. I put together a little chart partly and and this is not comprehensive but it but it will i i think make the point if you look at mormonism and masonry they both have oaths and covenants but they're for different things they both have signs and tokens and penalties but they are for very different things if you look at the purpose of the latter day saint temple rituals they are focused on God. Freemasonry is a fraternal society. Its promises, oaths, and agreements are between members, the individual and God, and a family when you get into eternal marriage and covenants sealing children is the focus of Latter-day Saint belief. In Freemasonry, you have testing, grading, penalizing, sentencing, in accordance with the rules of the fraternity that the membership has. And in the endowment, God alone is the judge. In masonry, rank and promotions are of great importance. That's why you have all these different degrees of masonry. In Latter-day Saint temple rituals, there are really no distinctions at all. All participants stand equal before God. As a matter of fact, that's why they all wear white clothing. So they look very much the same. That's a very important feature that is often overlooked but should not be in Latter-day Saint belief concerning temples. There is an incredible emphasis in the LDS temple on the clash between good and evil, the difference between those who are good and those who keep their covenants and commandments and those who don't. This is vividly depicted over and over in the endowment. I won't get into the details of how, but it's pretty much absent in Masonic rites. There are temple ceremonies that emphasize baptism for the dead, vicarious ordinances. There's really nothing in the Masonic ritual that does these kinds of things at all. Women, and to a certain extent children, participate in all aspects of the LDS temple rituals. In masonry, women's auxiliaries are around and there are now some women's lodges, but it's not the focus that those two are bound together. They are different very much in their purpose and content. When we come back more about the similarities and differences and how we explain the overlap in signs, tokens, covenants, oaths, penalties, and things, and both when we come back. I'm Martin Tanner. This is Religion Today. If you have a question or comment, we'll talk about that on the other side. Religion Today with Martin Tanner continues on KSL News Radio one oh two point seven FM and eleven sixty AM. We're back. I'm Martin Tanner. This is Religion religion today. If you have a question or comment about this program or any other, or if you just have a general religious question or comment, feel free to send me an email. Send it to martinstanner at gmail.com, martinstanner at gmail.com. That's S like Sam. This program also is available At various times, I don't often mention this, I probably should, 6.30 a.m. on Sundays, 9.30 p.m. Sunday evenings. It's available on KSL Podcasts. It's also available on Google Podcasts and on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and a whole bunch of others. If you just do a Google search for Martin Tanner Religion today, you can find it in many, many, many places. Today, our subject is... A new book which claims that, in essence, Joseph Smith cribbed, lifted, borrowed, stole, whatever name you want to use to describe it, Uh, the things from the Masonic Lodge to incorporate them into the LDS temple rituals, and nothing could be further from the truth. Let me give you some examples and some more details now of why that is the case and why claims that these things were just borrowed by Joseph Smith are just not true. Before we took our break, I was mentioning that we live in a free society where for the most part, not completely, but for the most part, one can worship openly and we there's not much of a need for secrecy. That was not true in the early days of this country. And... The farther back you go, the more the need for some kind of secrecy, generally speaking. So if you take a look at Mormonism and Masonry, you'll find that they both have oaths, covenances, covenants, signs, tokens, penalties. And as I mentioned before, that, does, that correlation doesn't mean causation because they are used for very, very different purposes. You have in the Catholic faith, when one is baptized, some very strong oaths, covenants that are made. There are also signs with baptism, with sprinkling and tokens. There are also promises that are made and penalties that are made for breaking those within the Catholic faith. In early Christianity, you had a situation where because The Roman Empire was not so open for early Christians. Many of them died in the Colosseum and in other places. There was secrecy. Early Christians met in homes. They were bound to secrecy one between another so that they would not be found out and killed. They had signs so that they knew one another. They would make the sign of the cross or they would shake hands in a certain way using a certain hand clasp. And there were, of course, dire penalties for failing to do these things. The Romans would get you, and they would often kill you. But we don't say, gee, Joseph Smith stole all the signs, tokens, and penalties from the early Christians or from the Catholics. There's another group that you may not be so familiar with called the Carbonari. In France, it was a very secret society. They had oaths, covenants, signs, tokens, penalties. It was a quasi-fraternal, quasi-political, quasi-religious kind of an organization. It had many of the trappings that the Masons and other groups did. And there's a strong overlap again with the signs, tokens, and penalties that were found in Latter-day Saint temple rituals. But nobody says, somehow, Joseph Smith borrowed from the Carbonari in France. Then you have the Templars, the Knights Templar. This is a very religious organization. They were not as large as many people seem to think. They were, at most, maybe 400 or so knights, most of them stationed in the Middle East, to fight to hold Jerusalem from Islam They were under strict oath to never tell anything that happened in the Templar society. They had specific signs, flags, banners. They had specific kinds of swords, hand clasps, tokens. And there were strong penalties both within and without if one did not keep the code of the Templar knights. You were killed. We can go back even earlier to ancient Sparta. For a while, there were a couple of films in current culture that did a fairly accurate job of depicting what happened in early Sparta. The 300 is the story of the 300 Spartans. They had a strict code, all of Sparta. It was a soldier society, part of their Code of conduct, part of their oaths and covenants, were that they would never retreat, never surrender. They had specific signs. They had words that they spoke to each other so that one would know that you were a Spartan soldier. There were signs of honor. There were specific tokens. And if one violated those, there were strong penalties. Again, death. In Judaism... We have a similar kind of thing. If you look at the totalitarian or the, tot- the total of the Old Testament, you have a covenant that the Jews would be God's people, that they would eat certain foods, they would have circumcision, which is a token also, along with the, with the sign. And then, of course, if one didn't obey the law, there were certain penalties that would attach Now, let's move forward and see if it really holds that just because you have names, signs, penalties, tokens, covenants, that somehow you're a secret society and that maybe Joseph Smith borrowed from you. What about the Federal Reserve Bank of the U.S.? I'm being facetious here, but they have specific oaths and covenants. You have to sign a contract if you become affiliated with that Federal Reserve Bank. And part of it is a non-disclosure agreement. There are 17 official hand signals and signs for the Federal Reserve Bank. There are things like, stop, go, don't let this person pass. You know, I mean, they're very secular in nature, but they are there. These, the Federal Reserve Bank has official symbols on the U.S. currency. And what are the penalties? Well, you get fired, you get sued if you violate the NDA. That doesn't seem like something Joseph Smith would have borrowed from, but of course not. It wasn't formed until after he had died. But if you look, you could find the same kinds of symbols and correlations, and correlation doesn't mean causation. Colleges and universities, have you ever seen or heard of a fraternity? They have their own special oaths, covenants, special meetings, special rings, shirts, symbols. They have a special place that they meet in secret. They have penalties, hazing, expulsion. Uh, the Boy Scouts, which I have always thought's a fabulous organization. Special promises and covenants. They have the Order of the Arrow, which had its own super special promises and covenants beyond just what the Boy Scouts had. The Scouts have special handshakes, special signs, and also special penalties. You could be tossed out if you weren't a good Scout, if you weren't faithful to the promises that you made. Girl Scouts have something similar. And another example that I always like to give here is flags of the world. Gosh, they're all rectangle. A lot of them have stars and stripes. Does that mean that one stole their flag from the other? Well, that's about as silly as claiming that Joseph Smith stole the Masonic information from, you know, stole information used in the temple from the Masons. Correlation does not mean causation. And the proof, the best proof for all of this is how different the purposes and uses are of the LDS, endowment, and marriage rights, baptism for the dead, and so forth. Join me next week. I'm Martin Tanner. This is Religion Today. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce.